You are listening to Seek the Good, Episode 17, Obedience and Sacrifice. This is the podcast where we seek the good in life, in others, and in ourselves to create an extraordinary life. This is Seek the Good, and I'm your host, Jaquel Toll. Hello, welcome to the podcast. I already shared this on Instagram and gave this talk in sacrament meeting on Sunday, and I just wanted to share it on the podcast as well because it's been really weighing on my heart this last week, and I tried to keep it short, you know, for sacrament meeting, and then I went a little bit longer in Instagram, and then I'll go even a little bit longer here on the podcast just to share all the amazing talks and different things I was able to find, but to start off... I created this talk because of some recent events that occurred um, last week. Elder Holland spoke at the BYU um, faculty and staff meeting. (laughs) I don't really know what it was, but he was speaking to the faculty and staff. And the things he said, a lot of people took very offensive, um, took a lot of offense too, and it caused a lot of... um, sound or noise on social media, some positive, some a lot negative that I saw, but um, I I love Elder Holland, and I think he came from a loving place, and, and one of the people uh, from seeing this, it, it got me on this search for, for the good, and like this podcast, Seek the Good, and I was I was seeking for the good that I could find, and I came across some amazing people that helped me understand more of what people that have same-sex attraction and other gender identity differences that, what they go through as being part of the church. One of those people that I came across was Dennis Schleicher, and he's a gay man that joined the church. And he just is, he just brought me so much inspiration that I just had to talk about it. But Elder Holland said in his thing, um, as near as I can tell, Christ never once withheld his love from anyone. But he also never once said to anyone, because I love you, you are exempt from keeping my commandments. President David O. McKay made an important point when he suggested a one-word change in the amazing hymn, Battle Hymn of the Republic. The original words were, As he died to make men holy, let us die to make men free. The inspired change that he made was, As he died to make men holy, let us live to make men free. We... It is a noble thing, you know, for people to say that they're willing to die for Christ. And, but it's an even harder thing in some ways to say that we are willing to live for Christ. The Lord has given great promises to those who lose their life as a consequence of their faith. He says in Matthew 1034, he who seeketh to save his life shall lose it, and he that loseth his life for my sake shall find it. 
And to me, that means that if we are just trying to not seek after exactly what we want, but we instead try to seek after what Christ wants, we're actually going to find the life that we were created to live. We're going to find the one that we will have the most joy in living. Dennis, in a interview, said that he was told his entire life that God rejected him and that he was going to hell merely because of his orientation. And he was told that he needed to change his entire persona and become straight. This left such a bad taste in his mouth about organized religion that he refused to attend church for many, many years. And I don't blame him. (laughs) However, it was a Latter-day Saint who taught him that Heavenly Father loves all of his children, regardless of their orientation. Dennis came to find out that love himself. He found out how much God really loves him. And now Dennis has laid down his life to be the defender of Christ and a defender of his prophets and apostles. My friend Willow and I, this last year during the lockdown with COVID, we started doing some Come Follow Me's online and anyone was invited to join us. And we always had powerful discussions. And a lot of times, I just remember that I would mention that we just need to love people and it will all work out. And Willow lovingly reminded me that, yes, we need to love people, but we also need to stand up for what we know to be true. To stand up for what God has declared so our brothers and sisters can know it and that they can fill of our testimony. And when she said things like that, I would just shy away like, okay, but in my mind I'm thinking, no, I don't want to do that. Because I think I felt like there would be contention and I didn't want anything to do with contention. But I want to be more like her and I want to do what she said. That And I realized that I can share God's word without being contentious. And others might choose to contend back with me, but I can, I can share what I know to be true without contention and do it because I fiercely love my brothers and sisters, whether they choose to follow God or listen to God's word or not. Elder Uchtdor talked about this a few weeks ago for Education Week. He talked about how conflict is inevitable, but contention is a choice. And he talked about our Savior and the perfect example he was, and that people contended, he was not, his life was not free of conflict, and people did um, contend him, but his response was always beautiful. To some, he would not say anything to them. To other people, he would tell like a really simple truth and do so very calmly. And when other people contended with him, he always stood his ground. And he trusted in his father and he had a he was very calm in his testimony and firm in the truth. And as followers of Christ, we need to do that same thing. And we can't force anyone to change, but we can love them. We can be an example to them and we can invite them to come and belong. And Elder Uchtdorf said in his talk, when others throw insults at us, which they will, if we're, if we're following Christ, others will throw darts at us, right? 
he asks, do we return fire? He says, there is a better way, the Lord's way. To some we say nothing, to others we state with quiet dignity who we are, what we believe, and why we believe. We stand confident in our faith in God, trusting that he will uphold us in our trials. Let us emulate the gentle Christ. And we do that through learning to love God and reaching out to bless others. So all this has got me thinking about obedience and sacrifice and what that means to me in my life. And before we go on to talk more about obedience and sacrifice, I just want to mention this equation because some of you might feel overwhelmed that you maybe you already are feel like you are sacrificing a lot or being obedient. It feels heavy and I can't think of more and more to do, right? Well, Satan's equation that he wants us to believe is me plus more equals Christ. But that's not true. That's not true. We're putting the more part in the wrong part of the equation. We think me plus more will equal Christ, will equal me feeling more Christ-like, right? But really, the equation is me plus Christ equals more. So instead of focusing on the more that we need to do, we need to focus on us getting closer to Christ and the more will just happen. It will be the result of it, right? So I love thinking of it that way. So obedience is the first law of heaven. In Preach My Gospel, it says it is an act of faith. You may sometimes be required to do things you do not completely understand. As you obey, you increase in faith, knowledge, wisdom, testimony, protection, and freedom. Nephi was a great example of this. In 1 Nephi chapter 3, verse 7, Nephi says, I will go and do the things which the Lord hath commanded. For I know that the Lord giveth no commandments unto the children of men, save he shall prepare a way for them, that they may accomplish the thing which he commandeth them. Nephi knew that if God commanded it, there would be a way, and he wanted to be obedient. So him and his brothers went, and one of his brothers was drew straws, right? And he was the first to go in, and he comes back, and he wasn't able to get the plates. And so his brothers start to murmur and say, we, we can't do it, we better go back. And Nephi says this in verse 15, to the effect of, no, if the Lord, as the Lord liveth, I will not go back to our father until we accomplish the thing that the Lord has commanded us to do. So not only was Nephi like obedient at first, like, okay, I'll try. He was obedient to this extent that I will not stop trying until I accomplish what you asked me to do. I love that example of obedience. Obedience is the armor that will protect us from evil. Cecil B. DeMille, talking to a BYU, um, the student body, was the one that was the director of the Ten Commandments. And this is what was said to the student body. We are too inclined to think of law as something merely restrictive, something hemming us in. We sometimes think of law as the opposite of liberty. But that is a false conception. That is not the way that God's inspired prophets and lawgivers looked upon law. Law has a twofold purpose. It is meant to govern. It is also meant to educate. And so it is with all commandments. 
The Ten Commandments are not rules to obey as a personal favor to God. They are the fundamental principles without which mankind cannot live together. They make of those who keep them faithfully strong, wholesome, confident, dedicated men and women. This is because the commandments came from the same divine hand that fashioned our human nature. God does not contradict himself. He did not create man and then as an afterthought imposed upon him a set of arbitrary, irritating, restrictive rules. He made man free. God created us free and then he gave us commandments to keep us free. Listen to that again. God made us free. And then he gave us commandments to keep us free. He knew that there would be things in this life that would enslave us, that would limit our freedoms. So he gave us commandments to keep us free. In Come Follow Me, um, at church, we're taught by Cindy Harrison, our word. She's amazing. She gave such a good talk the other week about law. And we talked about law and light and glory and how sometimes we think of law and we're not excited about it. But <laughs> really law we should be excited about because law means light and law means glory. The more laws I abide by, the more light and glory I'm able to fill in my life. Elder Bruce R. McConkie spoke of scriptures saying, There came to Jesus on a certain occasion a rich young man who asked, What good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? Our Lord's answer was an obvious one, the one given by all the prophets of the ages, of all the ages. It was, If thou wilt enter into life, keep the commandments. The next question was, Which commandments? Jesus listed them. Thou shalt not do murder. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not bear false witness. Honor thy father and mother. And thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Then came this response and query. For the young man was a good man, a faithful man, one who sought righteousness. All these things I have kept from my youth up. What lack I yet? We might well ask... For us as well, isn't it enough to keep the commandments? What more is expected of, of us than to be true and faithful in every trust? Is there more than the law of obedience? In this case of our rich young friend, there was more. He was expected to live the law of consecration, to sacrifice his earthly possessions. For the answer of Jesus was, If thou wilt be perfect, go and sell that thou go and sell that thou hast and give to the poor and thou shalt have treasure in heaven and come follow me as you know the young man went away sorrowfully for he had great possessions he didn't want to give them up and we are left to wonder what intimacies he might have shared with the son of god what fellowship he might have enjoyed with the apostles, what revelations and visions he might have received if he had been able to live the law of the celestial kingdom.
as it is, he remains nameless. As it might have been, his name would have been had an honorable remembrance among the saints forever. He was asked to sacrifice, and we are asked to sacrifice as well. Why are we asked to sacrifice? Just as Adam and Eve were asked to sacrifice, we are asked to sacrifice to remember the mission and sacrifice of our Lord Jesus Christ. Um, Alma 34.14, Amulek says in this verse, And behold, this is the whole meaning of the law, every whit pointing to that great and last sacrifice. And that great and last sacrifice will be the Son of God, yea, eternal and infinite. The great sacrifice of the Son of God ended the sacrifice of blood. And today, we are asked to live the law of sacrifice in different ways, right? So one way that we're asked to live, there's lots of different ways, right? We're asked to live the law of sacrifice. And some of those are a broken heart and a contrite spirit, which to me means to like repent, right? We're asked to pay tithing, to be obedient, to to serve missions, to serve in the temples, to help build temples, to do family history work, and to sacrifice social comfort. If in John fifteen verses eighteen and nineteen, where we learn that if we are following Christ, the world is going to hate us. <laughs> so if the world's hating us, you're doing something right. We're also asked to go through tribulation. Um, one of the greatest sacrifices we make are associated with tribulations from death and sickness, financial and business disasters, or other calamities. And not one of us is going to escape tribulation in our life. Joseph and Hiram Smith were called upon to sacrifice their lives as martyrs for the gospel. Hundreds of other saints and their, and their, sorry, hundreds of other saints sacrificed their lives during the winter of 1846 through 47 in the early years of the Great Migration West. They sacrificed everything for Christ. Many of us will not be asked to die for the gospel. But rather, again, we're asked to live lives of service and sacrifice. We are under covenant. If we've been in the temple, we are under covenant to live the law of obedience, to live the law of sacrifice, to live the law of consecration. This is our privilege to consecrate our time, our talents, and means to build up his kingdom. We are called upon to sacrifice in one degree or another for the furtherness of his work. Obedience is essential to sacrifice. So also is service, and so also our consecration and sacrifice. Sometimes we can feel overwhelmed with how much there is to do, right? That we talked about before. And we may think the thought that we are not enough. We look at other people and we think, oh, they're enough, right? But I'm not enough. But it's not true. Well, it is true, actually. 
It is true. We are not enough. What is not true is that that's a problem. A lot of us carry that around and say, I'm not enough, so there's something wrong with me. But really, there's we're not enough, and that's exactly how it's supposed to be. Welcome to the human family. Every single one of us has sacrificed, or every single one of us is is not enough. And that is why Christ came to sacrifice. That is why the plan was set up the way that it is set up. Because that was the plan from the beginning. So sacrifice generates faith. And that's why we're asked to do it. And we're asked to do it with Christ. Not by yourself. We're not enough by ourselves, but with his help. In Come Follow Me, this last week we studied Doctrine and Covenants 93. And it's talking about how Christ received a fullness. And it talks about how we can receive a fullness as well when we keep his commandments. And the way it's worded, it sounds like when we keep our commandments. Like, we're all supposed to follow general commandments, right? But we all have our own individual things that we are asked to do, that we are commanded to do. And that's where sacrifice comes in. So when we think, okay, what do I need to sacrifice? We need to stay close to the Spirit so we know what we are commanded to sacrifice. And as we stay close to the Spirit, we'll be able to know what things we should focus on. I I know that the commandments and the things that are said by prophets and apostles are not when they are speaking from the Lord, are from the Lord. It isn't man asking us to sacrifice. It isn't man asking us to be obedient. It is God because God loves us and he knows that that's what's going to help us transform and to become all that he wants us to be. So does he ask too much? No. For he did it for me. He did all of it for me and more. So I will live my life striving to do the same for him. Thanks for listening.